Hi there, welcome to Breastfeeding Matters Podcast, where we talk all things breastfeeding from personal stories to education and the latest research evidence. I'm Angelica Mullen, your podcast host, lactation counselor, and mom, and I'm here to tell you that breastfeeding matters, so let's talk about it. Hi there, welcome to the third episode of Breastfeeding Matters. In this episode, I really want to delve into how to increase milk supply. So this is probably, you know, the most common thing that people seek out help for, probably the most Googled breastfeeding problem. You know, how do we increase our milk supply? Well, you know, before I delve into the specifics and some of my tips about how to really increase supply, I want to get into just for a few minutes about why we're so obsessed with increasing our milk. And, you know, I really have to be honest and say that, you know, our culture, our breastfeeding culture is so obsessed with looking at the numbers and seeing how much we're producing. And, you know, this didn't start until, you know, women were out in the workforce a bit more and we had to start pumping and we had to start looking at the numbers and we started to see, you know, that, hey, I I don't produce as much on this breast or my friend produces more. And, you know, we're all so different. And it's just, it's it's really not, not a good thing kind of what we're going towards here because, you know, if you know anything about formula feeding, formula, um, you have to continue increasing the amount that you give your baby as they grow, okay? Just because it's kind of the compensation tactic that we have to use with formula since it doesn't have the same ingredients as breast milk. With breast milk, however, it changes as your baby grows without the need to increase the quantity, just the quality changes. So, you know, the the nutrition profile changes to meet the needs of your growing baby without having to, you know, give them loads of milk. So, you know, unfortunately, we have this idea that we have to produce more and more, that we have to, you know, feed the freezer. Don't feed your freezer, you know, feed your baby. Your body was only meant to feed one baby or, you know, more if that's what you have, if you have twins or something. But your body was not meant to feed, you know, more than the, the number of children that you've birthed. You know, that was not the function of our body. But like I said, once we introduced that pumping and we saw the numbers, that's when things started to get iffy. And, you know, one of the main reasons that people wean is perceived low milk supply. So that's when a mom thinks that she's not producing enough and that her baby isn't getting enough, but they truly are. And, you know, like to me, I don't think there's anything sadder than that, you know, because here are parents that could have continued to breastfeed perfectly fine, but, you know, their self-confidence prevented them from, from giving their baby that breast milk. And, you know, I'm really out to to help with that situation. I really love to, like, tell people when they are producing enough when they think they're not. And, you know, it's a common problem that I see in Facebook groups and all that, that moms think, oh, you know, if they're, like, exclusively pumping or maybe not, maybe they're pumping on top of breastfeeding, and they say, that, oh, I'm only producing, like, four ounces, and, you know, what am I going to do? And, you know, four ounces is enough four ounces is actually based off of research what most breastfed babies take for the entire duration of breastfeeding so you know if you have any questions about like milk supply and the amount that you're producing before you like do all these things and freak out please do yourself the favor of reaching out to an ibclc you know that's kind of what we're trained on um and you know i say i but i'm not an ibclc yet i will be this year hopefully 
And, you know, that's kind of what they're trained on to do, you know, to assess milk supply, assess kind of where the issue is. And sometimes there's no issue except for the fact that a mom doesn't think she's producing enough. So, you know, low milk production is not that common. It's got to be in the 5 to 15%. Research sometimes varies, um, you know, as far as true milk supply. And it's mainly for moms who have past medical history, you know, like hormonal issues, thyroid issues, uh, breast surgeries, things like that. But if you don't have any of those, the odds of you having low milk supply are poor because it just doesn't go with our, you know, human biology. Like humans need to produce milk for their young. That's just how our bodies were made. So, you know, it's, it makes sense for you to produce that milk after you've created a baby. You know, if your body had the strength to create a baby, then it can produce that milk. You know, you just have to really trust yourself. And that that comes with time. You know, if you've never breastfed before, that just comes with time and with supportive people around you. So if you don't have those, please reach out and, you know, search for those people. And, you know, if you don't have anyone, I'm right here. If that's what you want to do, if you just want to listen to me or reach out. So if you think that you're kind of going through low milk um, and, you know, it seems like you could be. Here are basically just a couple of things where you might think you're going through low milk, but it's something else. So a uh, typical one is cluster feeding. So cluster feeding happens when a baby is going through a developmental spurt or leap, and basically they're just putting in an order that they're going to be needing more milk. It doesn't mean your baby's hungry right now, okay? So they're kind of just anticipating their future needs. Babies are really smart. So it means that, you know, if your baby starts to cluster feed today, that means that they're going to be feeding maybe every 30 minutes, every hour. Yeah, I know it's really tough. They'll do that for a couple of days, you know, maybe two to three days, um, sometimes less. But basically, uh, they're they're just putting in that order. That just means that in a couple of days, they're going to be doing some sort of fast growth where they're going to need those extra calories. And they're putting in that order early. You know, it's a really amazing process. And, you know, just sometimes general fussiness or, you know, sometimes we see a baby crying and our first thought is they're hungry. They may just want to get out of that environment. So, you know, before you start to freak out, change their environment, change their diaper, change their clothing, do everything else. And then if it doesn't work, then feed them again, you know, or sometimes a baby just wants to comfort feed and that's, you know, totally normal. Like, you know, it's entirely normal for a baby to cluster feed. It's a beautiful part. It's part of lactation just as important as feeding them the milk when they're um, comfort feeding like they would be on a pacifier, Um, then it just means that they're meeting their emotional needs. Um, Sometimes uh, besides low milk, um, you know, it could be an issue with with the baby as far as like milk transfer and tongue tie issues and all that. But it's not always low milk supply. And then I just quickly want to go over some signs of milk transfer so that you're aware, you know, how do you know your baby's getting enough? And this should be a whole episode, but I just wanted to briefly go over this. And, you know, first one is just weight gain. You know, are they gaining uh, week to week and month to month? So that's obviously something that your pediatrician is going to, you know, be on track of. Make sure that they are following the World Health Organization growth chart. That's the one for breastfed babies. Okay, believe it or not, there are still some pediatricians following uh the 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 growth charts for formula fed babies for breastfed babies so you definitely don't want that happening you also want to um check diapers so after um day four we want to be seeing about six wet diapers and three or more poopy diapers okay and that's until about five or six weeks um 
after that, things can get a little bit um, different. So the number of uh, wet diapers stays the same, but we can start seeing a little bit less as far as poopy diapers. You always do want to be seeing at least one poopy diaper a day. Okay, so now that I've kind of gone over some of, you know, the odds of true local milk supply, signs of milk transfer and all that, I do now want to get into how to increase your supply. So if you're really dealing with low supply, here are some things that could work. Okay, these aren't a guarantee, you know, if you're kind of dealing with low supply because of hormonal issues or all of that, then you really want to get to the root cause first. Okay, so before you can increase your supply, like it's essential for you to kind of fix the root of the problem. Okay, so let's get ready to give some tips as far as increasing supply. So I first want to talk about increasing your supply if you're breastfeeding and pumping. So I'll later talk about increasing your supply if you're exclusively pumping. So if you're breastfeeding and you want to increase your supply, the first thing that I suggest is breastfeed some more, okay? So if you're currently breastfeeding under eight times a day, that might be your problem. Typically, we want to see um, breastfeeding eight to 12 times in 24 hours, you know, those first couple of weeks. And, you know, after that, you kind of just have to follow your baby's cues as far as when to feed. You know, the goal is always feed on demand, but you can always offer the breast some more and, you know, see how your baby responds. Apart from that, doing lots of skin to skin is super beneficial, you know, especially in that fourth trimester, as they call it. So those first three months postpartum, doing skin to skin is not only good for milk supply, but just for everything else that regulates the baby's uh, health. And, you know, it's just a really beautiful thing to do. If your baby is sleeping through the night, you want to make sure that you're pumping at least once, okay? So, you know, depending on your baby's age, it might be appropriate for them to sleep through the night with no feeds. Typically, that tends to be okay after the baby has gained back all the birth weight. Um, but if that's the case and you're that lucky, then you definitely want to make sure that you're pumping. Um, typically I would recommend, you know, if they're really sleeping all night, then I would recommend pumping right, um, before you go to sleep. So whenever that is, and then also pumping once in the middle of the night, I tend to like, like three o'clock tends to be a good time. You tend to have a lot of good hormones, a lot of prolactin, which is what makes your milk around that time. And you tend to get a bit more. So that's always nice. Um, something else to do is when you're breastfeeding, do lots of breast compression. So that just means that you're gently compressing your breast, kind of just like a sandwich and you can, you know, do it on and off. And you want to make sure that you can kind of follow the baby's rhythm. So when they suck in, you can compress and kind of help them through that. Um, and then, you know, if some of these like simple tips and tricks, like if you've been doing that, or if you want to do more, then, you know, definitely pumping after feeds is essential. So if you pump after feeds, it will definitely help you with increasing supply. Um, as far as pumping, you want to make sure that you have, you know, a pump that works for you. So that just means um, a pump that's, you know, fairly new, hasn't been used before. Uh, parts that are fairly new. If you've been using your pump a lot, it's important to change, you know, the valves and change all the little, the little things for the, for the pump. Um, your flanges don't need to be changed that often, but the duct bills and all of that uh, do need to be changed every couple of weeks. Um, you also really need to make sure that your flange size 
is correct for your nipples. So, you know, that's like one of the top things that tends to be wrong as far as pumping, that the flange size is incorrect. And that matters so much because that's basically, you know, equivalent to the latch, you know, so we want to make sure that that's as good as possible. Um, so you can pump 10 minutes after feeds. That tends to be enough, you know, even if you can only do five, that will also be helpful. And, you know, super important that you do hands-on pumping while you're pumping. So that just means that you're massaging your breasts while you're pumping, and you're also doing those breast compressions while you're pumping. Now, if you want to take it up an extra notch, you can do some hand expression um, for about three to five minutes after you pump. So, you know, that's if you kind of want to go the extra step. Um, but, um, you know, when I was kind of working on increasing my supply, I didn't do the hand expression. Um, and a good video, a good tutorial for hand expression is by Stanford University. They have a really good um, video as far as how to hand express. Um, okay, and then something else, my favorite, is definitely power pumping. So if you've never heard of power pumping, it's basically when you pump for an hour. And I know that sounds super daunting, but you're not going to be pumping for an hour straight. You're going to be pumping for on and off for an hour. Okay, so it's not that bad. I typically recommend if you can afford it to do it in the mornings, um, right after that first breastfeed. So in the morning, those prolactin levels are still high and you can kind of get a bit more while you power pump. So the point of power pumping is not to get more right there and then, even though that tends to happen. Um, but that's not the goal. The goal is for your body to think that you're just putting more demand on it and it's going to eventually produce more milk. Typically that's seen around like day three or four. Um, but basically, how does power pumping work? You pump for 20 minutes, you take off the flanges, or you can just turn off the pump for 10 minutes, then you do 10 on, then 10 off, and then 10 on. So it's 20, 10, 10, 10, 10, on and off. And um, basically, that lasts a whole hour. So what I what I like to do for that is you can basically do that every morning, you know, if you can handle it for a week. And you should see a good increase. And then if that's not enough, then you can kind of take a few days, you know, like a break. Because it is something that's tough to do, honestly. Like, I remember doing it and it's not the funnest. But, you know, just try to distract yourself. Watch something, you know, be on your phone, whatever it takes. And, um, you know, so you can kind of take a couple days off. Or if you, the increase was enough, then you're good to go. Um, and then my last recommendation is Galactagogs. So, you know be careful with galactagogs. So galactagogs, if you don't know, they're herbs or supplements that are used to increase your supply. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, so, you know, just be careful. Always make sure that you're talking about it with your medical provider and that, you know, they know your full health history. A lot of these things, just because they're natural, doesn't mean that they're without risk. So it's important that uh, your healthcare provider takes a look at your medical record, your past medical history, all of that, and analyzes if there's any contraindications to taking that herb. Okay. And the, you know, one, one disclaimer um, many, many galactagogues include fenugreek. That tends to be a problem for many moms. Um, it tends to, you know, cause gassiness in the baby. I've even heard many moms complaining that it's decreased their supply. So, you know, I would stay away from that, um, you know, like unless you, you really want to try it, but I would start off with others. I tend to really like Moringa supplements by Golacta. Um, they do a lot of research on their Moringa and they really make sure that it comes from a safe place where, 
where you know the toxic metals are as low as possible um, and then I also like legendary milk products. They have lots and lots of different herbals um, and they don't use fenugreek in any of their products. And that was one of the ones that I used to help increase my supply. I really like them. Um, and again, you know, just make sure that you're checking in with your provider before starting any sort of herb um, because many of those increase uh, or they interfere with um, chronic diseases like diabetes and high blood pressure and all of that. Okay. Perfect. So then if you're exclusively pumping and you want to increase your supply, um, you know, something's changed um, from the other tips that I gave you guys. But, you know, the information on the Galacticog stays the same. Same with the power pumping. You can, you know, do power pumping every single day. Um, a lot of the issues with exclusively pumping is just that, you know, you don't have your baby there always. Um, so you want to make sure that you're relaxing while you're pumping. And if that means, you know, bring a picture of your baby or your baby's clothing or watching a video of your baby, all that tends to, you know, help you and calm you down. Because when you're feeding at the breast, you have your baby right there and your body is making that, you know, that connection and your body is, you know, working through those hormones, that oxytocin is going through you, helping you with that letdown. You don't really always have that with exclusively pumping. Um, another thing with exclusively pumping is again, skin to skin. Even if you're not feeding at the breast, skin to skin is still a beautiful bonding moment for you and your baby. And it's still something that's really good for milk supply. Um, and then, you know, depending on the number of times that you're pumping a day, you can increase that. So if you want to um, increase your supply, you really want to aim for 9 to 12 uh, times in 24 hours. There's something called your magic number with pumping. And, you know, you can kind of Google Google that. I'll see if I can find a good graphic of it. Um, but it basically tells you like your magic number as far as increasing your supply. And I believe that works um, for not just pumping but for breastfeeding as well. And it tells you like how many times you should pump to maintain supply, how many times you should pump to increase supply, and all of that. And it's based off of how many ounces you're producing a day. But basically, you know, many people with exclusively pumping, they kind of get comfortable just because of how difficult exclusively pumping is. You know, take it from me because I did it for a couple of months and it's super hard, you know, with everything that you have to do. But, you know, people do tend to get complacent and kind of cut down on pumping sessions. And it works for some, for others it doesn't. So, you know, just kind of figure out if that's you. So if you're kind of cutting pumping sessions, just go back to increase them. And again, look for that magic number. I'll try to link that below. Um, and then like I had said before, you know, power pumping, that that works really well. You know, it's better than any Galactagog because our body works on supply and demand. And, you know, like I had mentioned prior, lots of hands-on pumping. You should not be pumping without hands-on pumping. And, you know, make sure that you're using a pumping bra, you know, otherwise it would be impossible. Like holding your flanges and all that. I, I hope no one out there is doing that. Although that was me the first time that I pumped. <laughs> but please go out there and get a bra um, to kind of help you. But hands-on pumping is really essential because with pumping, you don't have the baby kind of using their hands and, you know, using their tongue mechanics and all that. All you have is the pump, you know, and the pump is just... Um, it's just material, you know, it's just nothing is kind of helping us just doing that sucking right at the nipple. So you really need to use your hands to massage all over your breast, you know, really get those 
milk ducts that are higher up and all that. And you want to do just, you know, round circular massages and just, you know, general massage all over your breast. And you can also do the, the breast compressions. So you can do breast compressions at the same rhythm that the pump is sucking. And that tends to really help. It also helps with increasing the fat content of your milk, okay? Not that that's something that you should be obsessed about because that's a whole other episode. Um, You know, we all produce the perfect milk quality for our babies, but it does tend to be good for really getting out um, all that milk in the breast. Um, So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you guys learned some things. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out, um, you know, on Instagram. I'm at um, Breastfeeding Matters and also at Mother's Joy Lactation. Um, So thank you so much. And I hope to see you guys at the next episode.